Hi, my name is Avantika and welcome to today's episode of Understanding Fiction where we analyze and understand some of the greatest works of famous writers. In today's show, we are going to understand and analyze the short story The Cask of Amontillado which was written by Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe was a very famous writer that lived from 1809 to 1849. He was an American writer, poet, editor and literary critic. He is best known for his poetry and short stories, particularly his tales of mystery and the macabre. He is widely regarded as a central figure of romanticism in the United States and of American literature as a whole. And he's one of the country's earliest practitioners of the short story. He died in Baltimore on October 7, 1849, at age 40. His cause of death is unknown but is attributed to substance abuse, alcoholism, suicide and other causes. The cast of Amontillado is often noted as Poe's most perfect short story. In fact, it has often been considered to be one of the world's most perfect short stories. Furthermore, it conforms to and illustrates perfectly many of Poe's literary theories about the nature of the short story. That is, it is short and can be read in one sitting. It is a mood piece with every sentence contributing to the total effect. It is a completely unified work and while it is seemingly simple it abounds in ironies of many kinds. Finally, every line and comment contributes to the totality or unity of effect that Poe sought to achieve. Now, you definitely must be thinking. Great. I don't even understand the title. How am I supposed to understand this story? So, before we can start exploring Edgar Allan Poe's famous short story, we first need to define a couple of words in the title. Amontillado is a very specific kind of Spanish sherry. sherry which is a fortified wine and a cask is simply nothing but a barrel so if we put that all together this story could be called the battle of sherry <laughs> but i think the cask of amontillado has a way better ring to it the narrator montesso opens the story by stating that he has been irreparably insulted by his acquaintance Fortunato and that he seeks revenge he wants to exact his revenge however in a calculated way without placing himself at risk he decides to use Fortunato's fondness for wine against him during the carnival season Montresor wearing a mask of black silk approaches Fortunato 
He tells Fortunato that he has acquired something that could pass for Amontillado, a light Spanish sherry. Fortunato wears the multicolored costume of the jester, including a cone cap with bells. Montessor tells Fortunato that if he is too busy, he will ask a man named Lucchesi to taste it. Fortunato apparently considers Lucchesi a competitor and claims that this man could not tell Amontillado from other types of sherry. Fortunato is anxious to taste the wine and to determine for Montessor whether or not it is truly Amontillado. Fortunato insists that they go to Montessor's walks. Montessor has strategically planned for this meeting by sending his servants away to the carnival. The two men descend into the damp walls, which are covered with nitre, a whitish material. Apparently aggravated by the nitro, Fortunato begins to cough. The narrator keeps offering to bring Fortunato back, but Fortunato refuses. Instead, he accepts wine as the antidote to his cough. The men continue to explore the deep vaults, which are full of the dead bodies of the Montessor family. In response to the crypts, Fortunato claims to have forgotten Montessor's family coat of arms and motto. Montessor responds that his family shield portrays a huge human foot. Or, in a field azure, the foot crushes a serpent rampant whose fangs are embedded in the heel. The motto in Latin is Nemo me impune lassist, that is, no one attacks me with impunity. Later in their journey, Fortunato makes a hand movement that is a secret sign of the Masons, an exclusive fraternal organization. Montresor does not recognize this hand signal, though he claims that he is a Mason. When Fortunato asks for proof, Montresor shows him his trowel. The implication being that Montresor is an actual stonemason. Fortunato says that he must be jesting, and the two men continue onward. The men walk into a crypt where human bones decorate three of the four walls. The bones from the fourth wall have been thrown down on the ground. On the exposed wall is a small recess where Montresor tells Fortunato that the Amontillado is being stored. Fortunato now, heavily intoxicated, goes to the back of the recess. Montresor then suddenly chains the slow-footed Fortunato to a stone. Taunting Fortunato with an offer to leave, Montresor begins to wall up the entrance to the small crypt thereby trapping Fortunato inside. Fortunato seems confusedly as Montresor builds the first layer of the wall. The alcohol soon wears off and Fortunato moans, terrified and helpless. As the layers continue to rise, 
though Fortunato falls silent. Just as Montessor is about to finish, Fortunato laughs as if Montessor is simply playing a joke on him. But Montessor is not joking at all. At last, after a final plea, For the love of God, Montessor! Fortunato stops answering Montessor, who then twice calls out his enemy's name. After no response, Montessor claims that his heart feels sick because of the dampness of the catacombs. He fits the last stone into place and plasters the wall closed. His actions accompanied only by the jingling of Fortunato's bells. He finally repositions the bones on the fourth wall. For 50 years, he writes, no one has disturbed them. He concludes the story with a Latin phrase meaning, May he rest in peace. Wow, that was heavy. Join me on the next episode of Understanding Fiction with Avantika, where I break down the story into its various parts and understand and analyze it so we get a better idea of where Mr. Edgar Allan Poe was coming from and where he wrote this or when he wrote this magnificent story. But until then, I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening.